It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz, including artist profiles, the next generation, educators, festivals, producers, venues, photographers, media, and a whole lot more. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Hello and welcome to another episode of All That's Jazz. Today our guest is the president and founder of a nationally renowned arts education program and performance organization called Jazz House Kids. Her name is Melissa Walker. Melissa, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It is such a pleasure to have this opportunity to talk not only to you, but just uh, about this incredible organization called Jazz House Kids. And I also want everyone to know, in case you don't, that uh, Melissa Walker is also, yes, you guessed it, the acclaimed jazz vocalist and recording artist. And so having said that, Melissa, tell me about how it is that uh, you are the daughter of two educators. You came originally from Canada and you studied at Brown University and had aspirations of maybe becoming a lawyer but then what happened? Well, you know, first of all, music was always kind of at the core of life with my family. Um, my father just, and my mother really um, adored music and it was in all aspects of our life. So uh, when you live in Canada and, or the upper peninsula as we did for many years in Marquette, Michigan, your life is going to be filled with all things outdoor. And so wherever we went, my father had like the state of art sound system. And I think we went through every iteration of the type of from soundtracks to records to 33s and LPs and uh, eight track cassette tapes. And it was just a part of everything that we did. And we spent a lot of time. We had a motor home and we had a speedboat and all of our activities just had music involved. Uh, my sisters were older than I am, and we had a, a girl group. And my mother said, well, if you're going to have a girl group, you got to let your youngest sister tag along. And, um, you know, we just sang a lot of the popular R&B hits of the time. Just It was just what we did. And so in, in junior high and high school, I actually played the bassoon in the mm. orchestra. My sister, uh, one sister played piano, another one played flute. So it was just really a part of our life. And when I went into high school, I asked my mother if I could take lessons. And I learned what I would call light classical. Uh, but, you know, singing Italian arias and really working on my voice and just being in it, any and every production that had music involved in singing. So, you know, I think from an early age, it was just really part of our, how our family had social time and, and uh, close time together. And then, you know, but I had this other side that said, well, you're going to now go and have a professional career and get a real job. And um, so that was supposed to be law. With that, uh, it's interesting because I don't know if it was your bio or maybe a press release. It talked about the fact that rather than pursuing uh, the uh, field of law, you followed your heart. And I think that's key right here because that's one thing we always tell our kids, no matter what you do in life, do two things, follow your heart and make a difference. And you followed your heart into music. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, first of all, that's that's really the the, the right message to send to your to young people. But that's not always the message that they get. And I I think for me, I was very fortunate that my mother encouraged me. I think had she made my life difficult or made me feel guilty or bad about that, you know, I just didn't feel the guilt after going to an institution like Brown University. All my friends were moving in professional fields and doing really, really well. And my mother stood behind me. My father had passed away when I was much younger, but she really stood behind me. And I think knowing that she was in my corner, and I think that's one of the early lessons about having an organization that supports young people. You've got to be in people's corner. You know, hold a high bar for excellence and your expectations, but be in their corner, even when they fail, be in their corner to encourage them to pick up. And I'm just not sure if my mother had not been there to allow me to make that transition when it wasn't popular. And when many of my friends were going on and, you know, moving into professional careers and their titles were getting better and better and their pocketbooks were looking better than mine, you know, she still encouraged me to stick with um, my dream and, and what I was feeling. And I, I really, I really am grateful to her for that. And she became my first, my biggest champion and my first donor at the jazz house. And when we would have a tough time, she'd say, well, how much help do you need? I'm sure I can help you. That kind of support standing on her shoulders was the, was what I needed at that time. What was the actual influence uh, later on through your musical career that you decided to take a different direction, and that would be to devote your time and energy to young people and to education? You know, that was quite by accident. You know, in uh, mid-90s, I was signed by Enja Records, and I was doing a lot of touring around Europe and Japan and, you know, putting out some music with some incredible, incredible artists. But one day, it was around 2000, I was invited to do a program with the great radio station here called WBGO. And they asked me to do a program for kids. And I got to tell you, I thought that was like the worst thing. I, <laughs> I They had to talk me into that. I, I mean, I would rather perform anywhere in the world. But this idea of doing a program for young kids to all the way up, you know, to teenagers and their parents. And it wasn't supposed to be just a performance because that's what I thought I was signing up for. They said, well, no, we'd like you to do a special program. I said, what's hmm. a special program? And, you know, there's nothing like adversity uh, to be the mother of invention. And I decided to talk about or to show through jazz what I thought was so fascinating at the time, uh, being an early performer just starting to tour around the world. And that was this global sense of this music, this language in this music that no matter where I went, um, we might not be able to sit down to dinner and have much of a conversation, but we sure could on the bandstand. So my very first program for them was something called Let's Build a Jazz House. And um, I'll never forget, you know, I told everybody to look under their uh, seat and they'd find a tool belt. And let's put that tool belt on and we're going to fill it with all the musical tools because today we're going to build a jazz house. And I had no idea that that would be 
the genesis for what would become really my life's work. But there was an educator there taking photographs who was also the head of the performing arts in Newark, New Jersey. And he said, I love that program. And I said, what program? <laughs> it's not a program. This is just an hour of our time today. And uh, he said, no, that was the beginning of a program. And I went on to do other programs like that in the Newark public schools and just saw the lack of, of um, you know, jazz is not taught as a part of our curriculum. Um, it is not part of our basic curriculum. Um, and I don't quite get that. You know, how is this American music? Is American music not a part of our basic curriculum? Mm -hmm. So it was important to me to get it out. And that became the, that became the genesis of, you know, 18 years later. And what a great story, because also it shows where the name Jazz House Kids came from, uh, at least. And correct me if I'm wrong on that, but... What I what I really like about reading uh, about this program was the fact that not only are you helping young people find their voice in music, but you're also uh, trying to put them in a uh, focus and direction so that they become the global citizens uh, and the, the, the community leaders uh, later in their life because it goes hand in hand with what they're doing in musical performance or jazz. You know, I think early on, I knew that I saw it much more as an enrichment. When it first started, it was about making sure that young people knew this was music from this country and that it was music out of the African-American experience. And in doing so, it was never about in the early years that we would make tomorrow's kind of rising stars or the emerging artists that, that are now out there on the stage playing around as professionals, that it was much more about you finding, finding your voice, finding how to be a collaborator, finding how to listen, to be a part of a democratic process. It, it was based on those things. And then using music to find joy and comfort and also um, using music to and your craft to make others happy. So early on, we would go into senior citizen facilities or an AIDS care facility or a hospital for children and have young people play and sing for them. This, this notion of, of knowing that you can be a part of your community and you can use your talent to enhance your community. And I think that goes to your first comment today, which is, that follow your passion and make sure you give back and actually lift up the world we live in. And uh, that's, that's kind of what it's about. I know it might sound cliche, but some 18 years later, I still stand by it. No, it's not at all cliche. And it truly is what life is all about, uh, is making that difference, making a contribution, uh, and, and being within the framework of the community that uh, you live and work in or are a part of in some way so that uh, you you get a reward out of it. It's not just a monetary reward, but the life reward of having done something uh, to where you've touched people in their lives as well as your own. That's exactly right. I think, uh, and, and I'm seeing that now 
you know, in the in these times of really people talking about what it means, who's going to have access to justice in this country. Uh, you know, I'm so encouraged that to see so many of our young people who are standing up and using their music to amplify their voice. And again, we have seen that at different times in history. And, and I think it's that early lesson um, that has been at the backbone of this organization for a long time. And so it's, it's really encouraging to see this next generation really take that on because it, it takes courage to stand for something. You know, we can, and if you don't stand for something, you will, as somebody I'm sure said, you will fall for anything. And we want to make sure these young people stand for something um, and will stand behind their convictions. And that's important that you foster that uh, and, and pass that on and inspire and, and just get kids' attention to say, you know, uh, this can be a good life, uh, but it's only going to be as good as what you make it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've got to give a lot of the, the credit to the faculty because they're the ones who are in the trenches, uh, those journey men and women every day of the week who are making sure these young people are really cared for. Um, if they need an instrument, they bring it to our attention. If they, the instrument's broken, they'll often go give a hand. If they haven't seen them in class, we're giving a call. If they find that they're kind of falling down, they'll give them extra lessons. If they know that, you know, they're the first in the family uh, to go to college and need that extra boost and that extra support to keep them on, on the straight and narrow. I mean, that's what great teachers do. And that's, and that's what they do. And I think it's with that, that again, we've been able to see so many tremendous people or young people really excel. And again, it is about, you know, these are simple concepts, right? right. These are simple concepts about what does good education look like? And um, you know, you can't really achieve that without a good dynamic team behind you in moving that forward uh, and impressing this on the, the kids that you work with each and every day uh, through this program. How hard was it assembling this team? Was it hand-selected? Uh, what was the process? You know, so much of, of the evolution of the organization has been organic. But early, early on, the the first programs were all programs that I did. So they were a vocal program, assembly programs. But later, when we opened up what we call the Jazz House, which is located about 12 miles west of Manhattan, it's in Montclair, New Jersey, there was a woman running a, a very good summer program called Jazz Connections. And she was getting ready to leave this field that she had dedicated much of her life towards. And I'll never forget one day she said, I'm glad you're here. Now here, now you can kind of take on and, and push it forward. And at that time, we were only doing things in schools and underserved school districts. But we, when we opened the location in Montclair, I took on many of her faculty and her name was Janet Lemansky. And the faculty are still with us today. They're a tremendous group of, of people. And they're the reasons that we have 
an organ ensemble because of Rodham, or they're the reasons that we now have a, a, the number of big bands we have because of of Mike Lee and Bruce Williams and, you know, a lot of these players, Oscar Perez, in these early, early years. And I think Jazz House is that place that if a faculty member comes to us with an idea, you know, I, I'm going to try to support it. And so we've built a lot of really innovative programming like Chica Power, Jazz House Goes to College, etc. Usually because there's been a gap, we've noticed it or a faculty member has noticed it. And then we've tried to tackle it and ameliorate that. Tell me about the students. This is ages 8 through 20, if I believe. And, and yet you have like 800 students a week going through Jazz House Kids. How do kids find you? What is it that brings them to you? Usually word of mouth, right? Uh, usually, I mean, there are two. Jazz House really operates in three areas. One is in schools where we are there in underserved school districts. And when I say that, I mean school districts where they don't have a robust arts program or they have you know, the lack of funding, they haven't been able to invest or, or have made a decision not to invest in the arts as they invest in other areas of the education. And we're, that's where you will find us every day of the week. That's where we're handing out instruments for kids who are just otherwise sitting on the sideline. If you can't pay for an instrument, you don't get to be in the band. We don't think that should be um, the decision that has to uh, be made. Or a free program that is an after-school program or an in-school program. So a lot of young people find us that way. And then when they have a particular passion and interest, they'll want to have even more engagement in this music and with the organization. And they'll come to where we are or now they'll just come online. The other part of the organization is this location, which now quite frankly is global and just online. Mm -hmm. um, but that has allowed kids from like over 50 different school districts. And in the summer we see young people from across the states, from Peru, from England, we, we now have a student from Malawi, we have students from Singapore. We now see young people coming over the summer from all sorts of places. So they kind of hear about it. You know, if you're looking for really high quality and a very, very full program in jazz, not gonna take you very long before you find the jazz house. And, and I don't mean that in a way that is braggadocious as much as it is to talk about just the the dearth of programs, especially for younger kids. And we go younger than many organizations. We will take seven and eight-year-olds will be with us. And then our alums, we're bringing them back as teaching assistants and we're hiring them or we're hiring them for gigs. And, and then we have an adult program. So your programs are, are essentially singularly jazz-driven and not taking into consideration other uh, idioms of music. You can get that anywhere. You come to the jazz house, we're going to be all about jazz. All that jazz for us. That sounds familiar. Uh, at any rate, you know, and you need to build that legacy because that's important for the future of this music. We need to foster this beautiful music in the hearts and the minds of young people to carry on when we're not here. And, you know, look, I, 
I sang, I mean, I said in my early years, I was singing R&B and, um, you know, doing Broadway and doing, you know, opera. And I encourage young people to have a well-rounded musical education and to engage in a lot of different art forms. Just be all things music. But when you come to the jazz house, when you step out our door, we're going to give you top training in this music from improvisation to technique, to ensemble playing, small ensembles, big band, composing, writing, organ. That's what you're going to get. So there's a broad spectrum of all the different types of jazz. You know, we're going to discover blues and roots. You know, we're going to get down to the basics of playing the blues. Um, Louis Armstrong is our youngest beboppers. That is just about having fun with this music. That training that you're going to have. And so we have a number of people who come to us and they're classical players, but their parents really feel that they need to gain the language of improvisation. And so they bring them to our door. Um, we have a lot of young kids who, you know, they came to us and they, they're, they're rockers. It's all good. That's all good. But, you know, here we're going to talk about jazz, not at the, not at the detriment of any other music, but that's what you're able to get here and you can rely on it. You know, Great American songbook, et cetera. Correct. Uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt because that, that is important, the Great American Songbook, to carry that on as well in the tradition of, of our music called jazz. You also have the benefit of not having a very dynamic, supporting, loving faculty, but you also have a little bit of a drawing card, if you will, between your background and then this... Uh, Handsome man that you uh, hang out with in Montclair, uh, otherwise known as uh, Christian McBride, who is uh, your husband. How much of that uh, plays into some visiting artists coming in to work with the kids? And that must, if you'll pardon the expression, that must really get them jazzed. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I mean, I started the organization before Christian and I were together, but he no doubt has... What I like to say is he put the roof on it. You know, to me, he blew the roof off the or you know, the jazz house. And and certainly, first of all, there are two things that I think really are at play. First of all, he is the beneficiary of a couple of wonderful organizations in Philadelphia and faculty that were in this same path of what we're doing. Caring faculty who made sure you got to your gig, helped you with your instrument, you know, made sure you got your work done, an organization where he could go each and every week and, and help him out and help out his family who needed some support to make sure that they could do it. And for him, it was the settlement house and for, for us. So he really gets this organically, right? Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is most great musicians realize that they didn't get there by themselves. They had those early teachers. And with so much being eroded in our public schools, I don't know about where you are, but that's really at risk right now. It's the first thing to go. Um, they wanted to double down. Uh, you know, people like Eddie Palmieri wants to make sure young people learn about this music of jazz and Latin jazz. Many of the artists who come to us feel incredibly grateful for all that it has given them and want to pass it forward. So 
people like Chick Corea and Pat Metheny and Esperanza Spalding, Diana Krall, Diane Reeves, David Sanborn, Sheila E. You know, the list is long. Chris Bodie, you know, uh, they have come to Alger Rowe was sensational. George Duke, Maceo, uh, Fred Wesley, even in other genres have come to the jazz house and Angelique Kijo. That's mentoring. It's also that apprenticeship. It's that doing, right? That art of doing. And so it was natural for us. It was something that we could do. It was something that Christian uh, could bring to us. And artists have come back. Dee Dee Bridgewater, come back. Anat Cohen, you know, they've come back many, many times. You know, again, it's back to that really notion. What are you going to give back? And to give back to the next generation, I'm just not sure what's better than that. And and that's really what it's all about, uh, too, is is giving back. And uh, and I'm sure that it influences those artists to want to come back, like you said, because they see the enthusiasm, they see the wonder in the eyes of these kids, they hear the music in their souls, uh, and they see in them maybe part of what they were going through in their development as an artist. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I think they they really see the tremendous time and seriousness with which, you know, most of the students are really taking this craft. So, you know, the, the list is long. And when you bring people like, um, you know, Robbie Coltrane to their doorstep and, and other artists, I think it just, it changes them. I, you know, it just, it motivates them. It's how they get to see up close and and personal to hear about their journey. But I've got to tell you, I think the greatest motivator, I mean, that's fantastic and that's important, but it's when the alumni return Hmm. and they see a young person not many years away from them and they got through high school, which might be one of the hurdles. Um, They're going through college or they're getting their master's or they're on the scene. And and I mean young people who are in whatever genre. We have, uh, you know, someone who, who's going to school to be a uh, cybersecurity. We have others who are going and they're, they're app developers. We have people in finance. Um, we, have young, we have some young people going to med school. Uh, and then of course we have a lot that are playing professionally, but all of them, all of them with almost without exception, are still really engaged in music and they're still really engaged and friends with each other. And so that's really powerful when you see all of these young people who are positive and very active, you know, we've been able to have a really rich, a really rich pipeline of a a lot of young people who are really motivated by them. You're not only uh, providing this foundation uh, for these kids through music, but you're also developing those other skills, as you were talking about, uh, even to the point where one statistic I uh, see here is that 100% of your 12th graders go on to attend college. That's absolutely stunning. Uh, And what an impressive accolade it is for you and your staff to put together this inspiration and and this opportunity to allow these students to strongly develop even if they don't become jazz artists uh, from a performance uh, or recording uh, level but instead become people that make a difference somewhere 
I just, matter, matter of fact, saw this young man on one of our Zoom calls yesterday. But I remember when he was in just starting high school and his mother called me up and she's a hairstylist. And she used to laugh and said, you know, you're killing my business because we'd have concerts, you know, Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon. Well, if you're a hairstylist, that those are your big days. Mm-hmm. But she called one day and said, you know, I'm wondering why my son is coming back and he's talking about college a lot. He was in ninth grade at the time. And uh, she was a really tremendous advocate for, for him. And she said, because no one in my family has gone to college. But by being around all of these other young people who had these different experiences, he started to have that expectation of himself. And we got involved with him and helped him, introduced him to certain schools. Our program, Jazz House Goes to College, is, is meant to, we bring in heads of schools of all different, from community to state schools to private institutions. And they come in and they talk to the students. We help them out with their applications or getting their their recordings together or what have you. But that goes back to my roots. You know, my father was a professional football player in Canada. And after his career was over, he said, okay, it's now time for me to go on and finish my education. And they went, both of them went on and got their doctorates and they became became educators. So education was always, and it is so important uh, for, I think, all in a civilized democratic society, you know, to have that access to education. And so, you know, for Christian and I, and I think everybody in the organization, and I say that like our faculty, they are serious about making sure our young people graduate dead serious. So they will call institutions, they will work through um, their applications. If, if they need, if they're Spanish speaking, they are going to do everything in their power to make sure these young people go on and get an education. Is this a tuition based or a scholarship based program? And that's a really good question. Well, first and foremost, the organization's Operating expenses and the vast majority of the education is underwritten by our donors. Uh, so while it is also fee for service for those who can pay, we have it on an honor system. And so families will let us know what kind of support they need to make sure that they can give arts education to their uh, their son or daughter. So about 35 to 40 percent of our students are on some form of scholarship. The programming in the schools, some of that is fee-for-service and also some of that we raise as well. Mm -hmm. But um, all of our programming is underwritten. All of our programming. even So even students who are paying the full amount of the class, that program is still being underwritten to some degree to make it possible in the first place. It sounds to me like th- this is such a wonderful organization that no kid is underserved or turned away. That was really important when we started this organization, that that would be the reality. You know, I I just actually, you know, I, I, I thought that was the way it was everywhere. But that's really not true. And I mean, we, we really want to make sure that all young people who want access to this music can have it. And we actually really feel that having a diverse group of young people studying enriches our all of our experiences and 
knowing people from different communities and different backgrounds is really important. You know, again, going back to my childhood when so many doors were closed to me because I was from a family of an interracial family at that time and it was very controversial. I wanted to make sure that my life was about opening doors for all kinds of people because I knew what it was like when the door was closed in, in my face. And so that's what we've dedicated ourselves. And I think when you meet the faculty and you meet the staff and the board and those around the organization, that's what they are committed to. Access, leveling the playing field, excellence in training, mentoring, tutoring. Those are the kinds of things that they want to see in this world. Tell us about Chica Power. Chica Power is a, one of our signature programs at the Jazz House. It, it's out of this entire commitment to bridging the gap in the arts. So in some ways, that's an instrument that a young person doesn't have. And that's why we built a program called Give an Instrument and Build a Musician that puts instruments in the hands of kids and gives master classes to those kids that do not have access to jazz. Uh, likewise, what we found early on, and you know, that cer certainly knows, it's not a secret, that there's really an underrepresentation of female artists and particularly instrumentalists. And in the beginning, we thought that was much more to do with access, that it had much more to do with they didn't have access to a program and therefore they weren't in a program. But then when you really looked at it more closely and you would go into a school and you would go into the orchestra and half that orchestra were girls and or, or many times, might, maybe even more than half. And then you would walk down the hallway to their jazz band, and there were very, very few, if any, girls at all. Mm. And what really became apparent after doing some research, after talking with young women, is they didn't feel comfortable. So even if they had access, they didn't think that room was for them, that that type of music was for them. And that was for a few reasons. Well, first of all, there are not many women playing it they didn't see, and therefore they didn't feel like being the only girl. And also there's a whole notion about this emphasis on taking a solo, this emphasis on stepping, leaning in and stepping out and being the soloist. And some of those things that are really about this music and on the bandstand really come to about girls and empowerment, self-esteem and confidence. And so we built Chica Power and our families have been very encouraged uh, or encouraging that this program has is, is really been important to helping young girls gain significant confidence. I mean, we know that in those ages, in the very tender ages, we are talking about a loss of self-esteem, 30, 40% that is lost for young girls. So right mm -hmm. at the time where you need self-esteem and you need confidence to gain the skills that you are learning in the classroom, you don't feel as strong about yourself as you know the young boy sitting right next to you, who might be as, as confused as you might be in a subject matter or you might be excelling, but you don't necessarily feel like you can step forward. So Jazz House set up this program called Chica Power to allow girls a chance to have mentors, have role models, ha have peers in this music, and a place to really talk about their experiences. And it's been a, a fascinating journey 
um, into what's what young girls are trying and are dealing with. And then we have this whole social identity and the whole internet and who you are, et cetera, et cetera, that's layered on top. So Chica Power has been a really powerful program since we started it. We've seen an increase in the girls by about 250%. Many of them are out there performing. Uh, so a number of the programs have, have, that have seen an increase in girls, a lot of them are coming from the Jazz House, as well as other organizations that are committed to it. But it, it's really working on a lot of levels and it's really talking about the empowerment of young women at a very vital time in their early development. It's been, it's been wonderful. So Cheek of Power is a very special program. Our motto is rise and improvise. And I think they're doing just that. You are an incredible individual in developing uh, these programs by fostering this, by founding this program and having it flourish. But the last thing is uh, today, Melissa, is that uh, for this program to flourish, it's gonna need money and it needs support. How can people support and be a part of that? Absolutely, thank you so much for asking that. It's, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely true for this program to be running at uh, full tilt and, and to be true with the promise to never turn away young people from their door due to financial circumstances. We need help and you can visit us at jazzhousekids.org. We recently started a fund called the Jazz House Kids Relief Fund and really to help us at this time with the erosion, the great erosion of our revenue uh, due to COVID-19. We canceled, as with many organizations, our gala in March, our summer programming. We run a big festival every summer. We lost that, um, a lot of our programming over the summer. And we know the fall and winter is going to be tough. And so, you know, after 18 years, we are concerned that the future is in peril. And I say that quite seriously. And so we set up, the board of directors set up the Jazz House Kids Relief Fund and we're kicking it off on June 19th. And every gift makes makes a difference, you know, and every every dollar that goes to the Jazz House does triple duty. We are lean and mean because we truly believe in this mission. And if you're 18 years in jazz for young people, you've got to know that's how we've made it uh, work and that's how we're going to continue. But we would uh, appreciate any support that you, your listeners may be able to lend. We know it's a tough time. And also, you know, we want to hear from people who want to get more involved in this organization and to learn more. I love that opportunity. So uh, visit us at jazzhousekids.org. And I'm M. Walker at jazzhousekids.org. So I'm easy to find. Melissa, I can't thank you enough for taking the time today to explain the program and to also create maybe a new interest for many of our listeners to the point where they will support and allow you that opportunity to continue to thrive even though it's challenging times right now i have a feeling that because of your dedication and uh, your passion for this and commitment to making jazz house kids continue that it will be there but it does need a little bit of help, and, and uh, hopefully we can provide a little bit of that for you. In the meantime, thank you so much. Stay well, and all the best for a bright, incredible future for Jazz House Kids. Thank you. So let's get to know one another, spend a little bit more time around this music we love. We really thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz. 
with the president and founder of Jazz House Kids, Melissa Walker. Our thanks to Ben Sidron for our theme song, Mr. P's Shuffle. Join us next week for a conversation with Vancouver-based composer Daniel Herzog about his striking new album, Night Devoid of Stars. To learn more about this podcast and to offer us your feedback, please visit our website, allthatsjazz.net.